Welcome to Tabletop. My name is Nick, and I think that fudging dice rolls is totally okay. Hey, it's me, Franco, and rolling for initiative sucks. I'm Daniel, and I think you should modify your first level characters as much as you want. And I'm Shade, and if your TTRPG hasn't evolved into a LARP, you've done it wrong. And we all host Tabletop, a TTRPG podcast about all things games and storytelling. And sometimes we have game designers, professional researchers, and even the occasional owlbear. If this interests you, listen to Tabletop every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts. Tabletop is a proud member of the Helios Network. In this episode of Negative Modifier, we'll be playing Sumbrum, which is a game set in a dark, bleak, and mysterious fantasy world. This game may include topics or events that some listeners may find uncomfortable or triggering. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, it's Charlie, Negative Modifier's Game Master. First off, thank you for giving us a listen. As always, expect something horrible to happen to the players. If you're a fan, support us by leaving a review on iTunes. If you hate the show, consider doing it anyway and enjoying the fact that you've inflicted us on someone else. For the most up-to-date news on the podcast, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And with that... Towards the big door, are the rest of us close enough to see the writing? Yeah, I'm assuming you're all kind of traveling as a group at this point. You've left the cart and it's kind of sitting there out by the entrance. Yep. yep. Yeah, so as you approach the door, the words come into kind of more focus, and it is very obviously a message written in what you assume is human blood. It reads simply, bow low, you stand before a head crowned. Bow low, you stand before a head crowned. Stout bows. Yeah, so the writing for this is kind of like it's big, it's blocky, it's definitely kind of written to be a warning, but it is kind of frenzied and quick. It's not like well-painted and it's dry, it's kind of hard to see it's flaking off in some places. Yeah, I will, I mean, not necessarily brow, bow, but definitely crouch low, spear sure. in front of me, and uh, I am not going to take uh, Marthal with me. All right, so I'll leave Marthal outside. I'm going to leave Marthal outside to watch the cart. All right. And our horses. Sounds like a plan. And also, I don't. Horrible things happen. So you got to try and like make your way inside. The, the door is open. Like it's, the one door kind of fell and made like a large triangular opening. You could very easily walk through. It's not hard to walk through. It's a big door. Like these doors are easily each like 20 feet wide, maybe. Huge doors. Like when they're swung open, the entrance to this thing was just massive. Who wants to go first? No, I'll go first. Are you sure? I'm not scared. Uh, Roa will step in. Uh, of course, crouched. Yeah. Bowed low. I don't want to lose my head. All right, so you're headed in? Yep. Is everyone headed in? Yep. 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 Alright, so you kind of you make your way past the door, and again, the store is thick. It's a massive door, and you kind of make your way into the space inside this hall, and it was impressive from the outside, but inside it's just this giant cabinet shell. You kind of see that the roof is multi-tiered to let light in, those various holes that have been punched through over time, so there's various kind of spots of light, and the inside has begun to be retaken by nature. There's kind of vines running up the wall. There's the start of some small trees. You actually even pass a body 
that has a tree growing up through its rib cage. It's not a huge one. It's like a sapling at this point, but it's been there long enough that through the stone floor, a tree has started to grow up through this body. But most importantly, there's just, just a collection of giant columns holding up the roof of this place, like just six, eight feet wide, just massive supports of this night. It's huge. This is a giant hall. And kind of across, like I said, in big strips across it are these just massive, incredibly long feasting tables, you'd guess. And there's easily kind of 40, 50 of them in the room, just kind of every 20 feet or so spaced out, so you have plenty of space to walk between them and sit. There's long benches, and they all kind of run from where you entered, maybe plus or minus 20 feet or so, just from there to the opposite end. On the opposite end of the room from where you're sitting, you see kind of this raised platform, diocese of sorts, that it's built into the tree at that point. Like it's, You can see there's this kind of ornate throne of sorts built, carved into the tree, and on it sits a slightly larger than normal figure. If an average person in this world's like five foot six, five foot eight, this thing's probably eight feet or so, just sitting on this massive throne, kind of gripping it. It's long decayed away or something like that, and it's got the head of this just the skeletal head of this just giant kind of set of antlers of a deer. It looks like it's a human with a, at one point had a deer head. It's clad in kind of a bit of an outfit, but mostly it's just kind of rags at this point. It's as best you can tell inert, but more importantly, kind of above that standing is this giant kind of floor to ceiling wicker and branch effigy of sorts that appears to be kind of the same thing. It's a human body that again kind of has this deer skull to it that again has these giant crazy antlers. You have this figure and then kind of stand with the throne and then between its legs and then the bigger kind of effigy is standing so it's kind of legs are on either side of the throne. It just kind of it stands floor to ceiling. You have this giant throne between its legs with this large figure standing or sitting on it. So the figure in the throne appears to be dead. Yeah. The, the throne's not dead. It's made into the tree. The tree appears very much alive, but the throned figure is just kind of sitting there. It doesn't even acknowledge you. It's just kind of big and there up on the throne. I mean, is it like fleshy or just bones? Give me a vigilance. Six out of ten success. So the it's hard to tell. Like the it looks like it's mostly bone at this point. It does appear to have been fleshy at one point. There are kind of parts of fleshy. The head is... Now that you're looking at it more, it's not part of the figure, actually. You're looking at it kind of... The more you're looking at it, the more you're realizing this kind of crazy deer antler thing. It has a golden crown on top of it, but the crown's kind of almost made into the skull of this thing. Like, it's... It's almost like the entire skull could be lifted and put on someone's head or something like that, like a crown or a hat of some kind. Like it's, It appears to be a large figure wearing this kind of ornate deer antler thing. Well, I think we found the golden crown. From what I can tell, that skull, antlered skull, appears to be a headpiece. Like, you wear the skull? I'm not mistaken. He even has some gold detailing. Yeah, now that you're looking at this, very obviously kind of coming out of the forehead of this thing, what you'd think of as a traditional golden crown kind of thing. It's very 
aged and kind of patinaed with neglect and stuff like that. But now you've taken a little look at this thing, that it's a headpiece. It definitely is kind of a makeshift crown of some kind. Maybe it's more ceremonial than you think of a crown being, but like it's you could definitely call this entire assembly a crown, hypothetically. Are there any other objects of note, like on the tables or on the walls? Yes, there are. And I'm glad someone asked about this. So I didn't kind of say this, you didn't make a beeline for it, but so kind of between the end of the tables and where this kind of raised platform exists is just this mound of treasure. Like it's oh yeah, 30, 40 feet wide, five, six feet tall kind of thing at its center. It's just this giant pile of gold and glittery stuff. And looking around the room, you do see kind of signs of something dumping various boxes into this pile. You see kind of a variety of smashed crates around the pile. Could be someone hoarding here. Could be offering to the man in the groan. Well, I think we need to approach closer. So we approaching. We got to try and explore the room some first. Uh, what are you trying to do? Just maybe walk around the periphery a little bit. How far are we from this thing? Uh, which thing? The pile of um, the, the the loot pile or the kind of throne? Uh, the figure on the throne. The figure. Ah, you're close enough. You can see it. So we'll say like fifty, sixty yards, but not. You can't get full details of this stuff. You definitely have to get closer. To kind of like, and that's why it's kind of vague about the how fleshy it is and stuff like that. Like it's you're at a far enough just again, like this place is huge, and you have an entire big feasting hall between you and it, kind of thing. It's again, it's tall, it's wide, it's long, it's it's an impressive building at nothing else. Okay, I want to kind of keep to the walls and check those out. Okay, might as well check the loot piles in our way, I guess. The blue pile is all in one spot. It's all in the kind of in front of the throne. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's let's hug. The, uh, I, I like that plan. Let's hug the walls and uh, make our way toward the loot. Then I guess. Sure. That will stay in the middle. He'll just kind of walk amongst the tables to see if there's anything there while you guys are sure. against the walls. Yeah. Is there a? Are, do we see any doors on any of the walls, or is this building basically just this one gigantic monster room? one big gigantic monster room as best you can tell. Okay. Alright, so Stout, give me a vigilance check as you're walking through this, actually. 9 out of 12 success. Yeah, so as you're walking through this and you're kind of focusing on what you're looking for in the space or kind of just scanning your eyes around, you notice that, like, they're not everywhere, but kind of every couple feet or so what kind of were indistinguishable shapes that are like slight distance as you're getting closer and walking by them, there are skeletons, partially decayed bodies, like hundreds of people were seated at these tables at their death kind of thing. Like the, the room is full of the remains of people that like, as best you can tell, were feasting at one point. Like they're, they're, they're posed as though they were on these tables, these benches, Feasting. And like as you're walking past stuff, you're realizing that the tables are set. There's some um, decayed remnants of food. There's platters. There's the like half eaten meal in front of one of these bodies every once in a while kind of thing. Like it's this was a feasting hall by all measures, as best you can tell. And whatever happened here 
everyone inside got gotten with it simultaneously. Uh, Stout will just communicate that to the rest of the team. It seems everybody may have died at once while they were all eating. Be wary. Team making your way around the edges. Give me a vigilance check at minus four. Ooh. Okay. Success for Gorin. Success for Skustmer. Four out of ten. Fail with a 20 out of seven. So enough of you got this, though. So as you're making your way around, you realize, like, so I mentioned that this place has been kind of slowly reclaimed by nature some. It's kind of making its way up the walls. Embedded into some of these walls, you occasionally kind of pass what looks like a a human that grew into the side, or the building grew around, or they grew into the wall of some kind or something like that. Uh, it's They don't seem to be active right now, but they're alive anymore. But, like, you do occasionally kind of pass. Like, and it's different, though. They're, they're dressed differently. There's like, kind of a different shape about them. Maybe it's because they're now part of this building that's being retaken by the tree slowly. Maybe it's because the nature's going on. You're not quite sure what's happening, but like it's you do occasionally pass the occasional body of something that's like part of the walls. Can I use my witch sight on uh, the figure, uh, the crowned figure? Yeah, definitely can. So I am going to give oh, you. Failed. Yeah. Unless you were giving me like a three bonus. Nope. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. So now I have to roll a d4. I'm just going to give you one corruption for that. Which side's weird? Oh, okay. Because it's not. It's because it's not really a combat ability. It's typically used outside of combat, and temporary corruption is in combat. I'm only going to make you take one temporary corruption for it. Okay. Yeah, no, it's... As you get close to the body, too, it's not like it's this massive, like, 20-foot-tall thing. It's, like, just a big human, like, a potentially ogre-sized, hypothetically, or something, but... Yeah, it's... So, it's not, like, glowing eyes crazy. It just looks tall and funky and has a, basically, horned head with a crown growing out of it. Yeah. Like, it's... You have to get closer, but kind of like it's all in proportion. Like it's almost like you took a human body, put this strange kind of antler crown thing on it, and then scaled the body up so that it looked correct compared to that head, if that makes any sense. Like the head is too big to be a normal deer, but occasionally deer do get huge in Davakar, or it could be something else. But like, yeah, it's like it's almost like they either found something that fit the head, the head, the the crown was made for something that big, or it grew to match the size, or something. Again, it's like it's it's only like eight feet tall, or something. It's not huge, but it's definitely bigger than a normal human or an ogre might hypothetically be. Maybe it's troll size kind of thing, but yeah, it's just a. It's not like it's not like a giant kind of thing. It's just it would be a big, by comparison, human-ish thing. What are people doing? Uh, so. How far away away from this thing now? Uh, you're pretty close. You've been, you're kind of been making way around this place. So you've probably spent about kind of half hour just kind of inspecting and making your way through. So it's a big place too. So traversing it does take a little bit of time. But you're so I'd say you're all kind of standing around in various spots. The treasure kind of pile. You've got a better look at this thing. It's just a really kind of big humanoid. Like it's it was at one point fleshy. It looks like it's mostly there, but like it's something kind of mummified away, and it's not looking so alive anymore. 
Doubt will bow before the throne. Does okay. anything happen? No, not yet. Do we all try it? Gorn will get down on one knee. All right. How's that work? Peg leg behind him. No, peg leg up. Yeah. He'll struggle down. Do you need a hand on there? How much of your leg is there? Uh, both knees. Uh, I think, like, third of the way down the skin kind of thing. Skustomer will also kneel, I guess. Roll, rolls her eyes, but will kneel as well. Yeah, no, nothing bad happens. If only somebody would clunk a close Maybe we have to bring it offerings and worship it. What exactly are we trying to get it to do? Maybe we could just grab the helmet and run. That's one idea. Nothing seems to be stopping us. As a test, that will just sort of grab a gold coin from a pocket and throw it on the treasure pile. All right. Yeah, nothing happens. Nothing happens. Okay. Gorin will seize a goblet or something from the pile and take it out of the pile. All right, so you've picked up something from the pile. I was sorry, I guess like, Stout, where did your coin come from? Was it like one of your personal coins you try and find it on the ground or from like outside? Where, where, where's the origin of that? Sorry. I, I, I would just say this is one of the things we found outside. Yeah. Okay, cool. So Gorin's now picked up a goblet from the pile, though. Yep. All right. The air in the place changes, where kind of it was normal a second before. It's almost like the air's been sucked out of the place all of a sudden. It's deathly quiet inside the hall at this point, except for kind of a weird, almost sounds like a stretching noise or a scratching noise, like something pulling itself away from something. And because you found them earlier, they don't get a stealth attack on you. But as you are kind of looking around for the sound of the sound, you see, or source of the sound, you see four strange humanoid figures kind of emerge from the wall. I'm going to show a picture now. This is not exactly what they look like, but kind of give you a concept of just how not human they are. Four abominations pull themselves kind of from the overgrowth of the wall and you see kind of the fists on the throne tighten ever so slightly. Stout, you're up first. Uh, Okay, we're going to just start by lighting up the hammer. All right. Take four temporary corruption. All right, so the the corruption burns. That's not the corruption. Your hammer seems to almost burn brighter here a little bit. At the same time, the kind of like the feeling of the power of the hammer turning on, you feel it more. Like something like about this place is off now that you fired this thing up. But at the same time, it almost seems angry at the fire you've brought there as well. Skutzmer, you're up next. Would you say these things are obviously threatening? They're abominations, definitely, and abominations are never good. How far apart are they from each other? 
Uh, there's four of them. They're all kind of coming at you from different sides of the wall. There's They're probably like 20 feet apart from that. It'll take them at least a little bit of time to make the distance to you from where you're currently standing or vice versa. Okay, so but they're not they're not grouped. No. They're not near each other. Yeah, okay. they're kind of all they're kind of coming at you from four corners, not of the room, but kind of up towards the area you're at right now. There's yeah, they're not grouped in like there's some space between each one of them. Yeah, there's two coming from either side. Okay, we would assume this is that I would have my bow out. I have had my bow out. Yeah, I just assume you all this. kind of came in with gear. Yeah, um, I mean, well, even just like I would have it at the ready if we're going into a weird place. That's yeah, what absolutely. archers do. I grab a handful of arrows and I throw them into the air next to me. Okay. Where they float. Okay. I am casting Storm Arrow. All right. Uh, so do I have to roll anything? Uh, what does Storm Arrow do exactly? Uh, so I have these uh, a mystic enchants a handful of arrows up to five with a successful resolute test. I have to roll a resolute test. Yep. Um, the arrows then float. Okay, so let's do that first because it's gonna be really anticlimactic if I don't. Yep. Um, oh, but I haven't marked as vigilant. Why would I have it marked as vigilant? Doesn't make any sense. It's gotta be resolute. Because uh, right? you shoot your. Because I think you use your vigilant to shoot arrows normally. Okay. Okay, but I'm gonna roll a resolute test. Yep. So I'm gonna go back up to resolute. Uh, let's do the corruption test first. This is a mystic ability, correct? It is. Uh, right, so, so I roll rolled... one. Well, the roll the one d four first. Yeah, you'll, you'll get that, though, too. Okay, so it's one corruption you've taken, and you got a 7 out of 13, so the resolute succeeds. Okay, so I have five arrows floating next to me, um, and then the arrows then float next to the mystic for the rest of the scene and can be fired once per turn as a free action. One arrow can be fired the same turn the power is activated. The arrows hit their targets automatically. All right. How much, how much damage do they do? 1d6. Alright, so you're going after one of the kind of abominations that have shown up? Yep, arrow at one of the abominations. Alright. And, uh... Just roll a d6. Yeah. Damn it. Roll the one. Alright, so the arrow just thuds into this thing. It doesn't even notice. Like, like it's got some thick hide on it or something. It's, it's wearing clothing now that it's away from the wall, you're realizing. But it's kind of overgrown and nasty, though, too. And it kind of, it's it recognizes it got shot and kind of it's slowly making its way towards you still. Unfortunately, this is also where you see kind of just a, you hear a sound up on the throne as this figure starts to stand up. It's kind of pulling itself up on its throne, kind of its knuckles. You see it's moving. Its eyes have begun to kind of inside the skull of this thing have begun to glow kind of an unnatural greenish and like an emerald green of sorts kind of thing. And, they're smoking a little bit. But it kind of pulls itself up into alive and it moves ever slightly. It's not alive enough to do anything just yet, but it leads us into Roa's turn. Alright, I Roa just kind of uh looking shocked at these things will um ignite her uh her spear in a iridescent uh, malicious flame and prepare uh, for the attack. Alright. Uh, I just need to roll 1d4 corruption. Yep. <laughs> awesome. I rolled a 4. Yeah, so again, kind of like with, I should have said this for um, 
Squidsmer as well, but kind of again, like tapping into this power, you feel it more. You feel kind of you don't take more corruption, you definitely feel the corruption more. There's something bad about this place kind of thing. It's problem with magic is strong here, if you will. Alright, and kind of all the abominations are gonna kind of like jerk a little bit, acknowledge that the big figure has stood up, and they're just gonna start they're gonna break into a run across the room towards you, just kind of as they're in close, you're seeing more and more of these things. They all appear to have at one point been human, but they've been like mutated and mouse-shaped. Most of them have finger bones that have outgrown their fingers. They've had extruded out through the tips. The finger flesh is still there, but just with bone spikes coming out of the end of them, they're just charging at you. They appear to be wearing kind of aprons of sort almost. They look vaguely human, like they just got plucked from their previous jobs or previous adventures, and they're just coming at you just Oh, maybe, like, they were the waiters for this feast? Maybe. Gorin, you're up. Does Gorin know if abominations are, like, particularly subject to elements like fire, cold, acid, lightning, perchance? They don't like magic fire, I guess. Like, the whole, um, theurgy is kind of designed to burn away corruption in many ways. They're not necessarily, they're not, like, Corruption's weird, because it's very magical and it's very kind of arcane in its origin, despite this not being an arcane setting. They're not necessarily kind of a weak to one specific thing, but, yeah, that's kind of the... Uh, you can try and roll a beast lore on them if you have that, and try and make yeah. some guesses or something. I do not. Yeah. Um, as my first move, I'm gonna use my elemental essence on my quiver of crossbow bolts. Sure. Uh, so all the bolts in the quiver deal one d four elemental damage for the duration of the scene, and I'll just use right. fire. All right. So is that a one d four on top of the normal? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So is that a full move there? You're applying ready? it. Yep. Yeah, it's probably that's yeah. Pulling it out, applying it. Yeah, that's that's a full thing. All right. All right, so back to the top. Stout, you're up. Oh, wait, do you have quick draw by any chance? I do. All right, then, yeah, you can do something still. All right, I will shoot uh, one of the running abominations. All right. Any modifiers on these guys? Yeah, so you get a plus nine to your attack, actually. So that's a 15 out of 23 hit. Uh, damage four. Let's see that one D four now. Four. All right. So the arrow itself doesn't seem to bother them that much. It kind of it thuds into the body and just kind of that it ignores with the fire. That's what gets to it a little bit. So tell me, do these arrows cause a burning effect or no? It just says deals elemental damage. All right. So yeah, it's probably just fire at that point. All right. Cool. So yeah, it's hit. Uh, I noticed the fire part of it. It's it responds to that, but the arrow just kind of thudded into its body and didn't didn't make it very far, kind of thing. You would hear it like hit something leathery and thick when it made contact. So I also have marksman if I deal damage. Um, so you didn't do damage from the arrow. You did damage okay. from the elemental effect. Sure. Yeah. Deal. All right, Stout, you're up. Stout will charge forward to whichever deer man is closest. All right. And he's just going to go for some hammer time. Alright. So remember, because these are abominations, you get do 1d6 because of the fire, not your normal 1d4. 
Yep, I added or changed it to the cool. add a one d six instead. Perfect. Uh, does this still have the modifier? Yeah, you did plus nine Warren on it. Was using. Yep. Okay. Uh, these things don't have a good defense. All right, that should be enough to kill one. Uh, um. So the attack did hit. The one d six was three damage. Everything else was nineteen total. Oh yeah, so you kind of come down this thing and it just buckles and burns and breaks under the impact. But as you're hitting it, it's just it's blood splashes out at you, kind of hitting your armor. Give me a defense roll now. Any modifier? Um nope, just a straight defense roll. Straight defense, okay. Three yeah, out of so, thirteen yep. missed. Does not get through your armor, but it's there. It's kind of it's like you see this kind of stuff on the outside of your armor sizzling away at it. Scutzmer, you're up. Okay, so we got three now. Yep, of these abominations in front of us, and run, running one. at us. The big one's behind us. It's kind of next to you, I guess. Is probably where I'm picturing you, but yeah. And it has eyes. Yeah. Okay. I like the big one in the eyes. And as a free action, I curse it. All right. All right. And then uh, says this. Okay, so it, it says this is an ongoing effect until I fail a resolute test, but it doesn't tell me I have to roll resolute. Do I have to roll yeah. resolute to activate it? Um, next turn, you do. You activate it this turn. So I need that one d four for corruption. Yep. Got another one. Just one. Awesome. Up to two. Okay. And then. All right, so that's a free action. I am going to fire my bow at the big Your guy. Your bow or the storm arrows? The storm arrows are now free. At one, I get one per turn as a free oh, fair action. Enough. Fair enough. I did not realize that yet. So, yeah. All right, so you're going to shoot so, with the arrows? I'm going to shoot with my bow, big dude. All right. So remind me what Curse does. Is it, It's just minuses when he does stuff, or is it minuses for all things? Meant to affect me, so anything he does to me, all right. Uh, he it's, he's at disadvantage essentially. Is to you know. yeah. So you get plus one on the attack roll to the big guy. Yep. Two. Sorry, roll. Uh, two out of fifteen. Uh, eight damage. Very nice. And then I have my arrow. Yeah. So do you want me to throw that first or not? I need you to throw that arrow because the the arrow you shot just kind of thuds into this thing and doesn't quite do a lot of damage. It just kind of it lands hard but not as hard as you need it to. Okay. Throwing a D6 arrow at him as my free action. Three. Hits automatically. Yep. Yeah, so this, uh, both your shots just kind of thud into this thing. They're hitting it but not doesn't seem to be hurting it all that much. Got some thick, thick Thick hide on it. It's not kind of slowly making its way down the throne at you, kind of down to the floor. It's not moving fast. It's very lumbering in its approach, so it's not really sensing the urgency of this. Roa, your turn. Alright. Okay, so where one of the abominations fell, yeah. Um, I want to go on that same side and attack the other one. Alright, you're going to kind of move towards that. Alright, cool. Um, using my spear. 
Can I can I reach it with my spear? Yeah, you can it get there. It does have the quality long. Yeah, you can get there. It's charging at you. You're moving towards it. Yeah, so you move and you're going to make the attack on it. Yep. And this is with my ignited fire. My. Yep. My. Right, so you get plus spray. nine. Plus nine is crazy. All right. Well, nine out of 24. I did uh, five normal damage and then three uh, flame damage. All right. So for a total of. What's that? Total of oh, eight damage. All right, so yeah, if that hits, it, again, like, it's got some thick something, like, it hits into it, but doesn't go all the way through. It does some damage, but not that much. So, and the kind of, one of the abominations is going to kind of finally close on you. It's going to take an attack on, yeah, it's going to take an attack on Stout. Wait, I thought she had a fire component to her spear. Did that, did that not do anything? That was the total of eight, right? Well, yeah. yeah, the three was fire, the five was the normal attack. Yeah. Okay, I just I was just trying to, for consistencies, I, I was just trying to map it out to see if that, if there was... These yeah, things okay. have some thick armor. Okay, I just want yeah. to make sure. Yeah. These are doing damage to the other one, it's thicker kind of thing. It's It's got some other stuff going on. Well, because I thought that Peter's fire, so her fire component is different than Peter's fire component? Yeah. Um. So okay. yeah, his... Uh, so, uh, Stout's fire component is from Thurogy. It's designed, so it's, it's normally 1d4. Against Abominations, it gets 1d6. It's a special thing about which fire, about which hammer, sorry. Other abilities have that in the game, too. Like it, it's, it, it's, a, it's a good modifier, period. It's even better against Abominations and Corrupted. Okay. Yeah, it's like burning them away at that point. He lost the 22 points of damage in one move, which is a which is big insane. difference than eight. Yeah. I just thought, I thought the fire was extra, was causing them extra damage because uh, Peter, Peter shot his bow. Um, and that he had a got fire. Eight, he got eight damage from the bow. He got four damage from that. He got, he got, that's what got past the threshold. Mm-hmm. But that's what he um, did enough damage off that. Okay. And that did damage for the record. Like it didn't. That didn't totally negate it either. Okay. Yeah. I, I guess, like for reference, it's it's as armor four. So it took okay. half damage on that. In that case, for the R eight. I was just trying to. I was just trying yeah. to figure out if there if we have it. You know, I'm trying to find the big Z button that we can hit to explode the putties. Go oh, I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. I, I have no problem telling you this because it's how this game works. Yeah, it's got four armor, so you have to roll five or more to do damage to it, kind of thing. It's just the it's the attack minus the armor at that point. The big guy, he's tougher because he's big and other things. Yeah, so uh, kind of the other abomination that was coming up behind uh, from the opposite side. So the side Gorn was shooting at that one's going to kind of race forward towards you. It's going to try and take an attack on Gorin. and it. So Gorin, give me a defense roll at minus five. Um, enemy hit four out of negative two, Ooh. fourteen out of negative two, and then uh, one point of damage negated. How do you have negative two? I don't know. My impede is negative two. Uh, yeah, it should be going off of your quick, not your impede. Uh, your yeah, it should be your quick minus two. So your quick's like what seven or something? Five. Five. 
Yeah, so it should be out of three. Not negative two. No. <laughs> what was the modifier? So it should be your quick, and then your impede is negative two, but it should be rolling off of... The stat should be quick. So should I just hit quick, or hit the defense button? Oh, if your quick is five, you have a minus two impede, that's three, and then another minus five from the modifier gets to negative two. Does he only have a quick of five? Yeah, I'm really slow. <laughs> so it should be three, not negative two, though. Wasn't the, wasn't the modifier, though, you gave me negative five? Oh, right, yeah, yeah, because he's got these things hit. Yep, you're absolutely right. That's all absolutely Michael. right. That's absolutely right. Forgot these things are hit. It hit hard. So, yeah, it hits you for eight points of damage after your armor. Just kind of, it gets its bony claws just into you. Oh. My current damage drops down by eight. Yep. Your current toughness. So, I guess, like, at the same time, too... Does that beat your threshold? Yeah. Alright, so it's gonna kind of knock you to the ground, just snarling and kind of like just almost howls. It, kind of, it throws you to the ground. Are you dead or are you still alive? Or do you I do have, have one, left? I have one point of toughness. Alright, cool. So if I lose that, am I dead? No, so we'll go, we have not had someone go down yet. We will probably get to deal with that as part of this. But yeah, you're not down yet. There's a whole mechanic that happens after that point, which is great. And fantastic. But yeah, we'll deal with that when we when we cross that bridge, if you will. Abomination 3 is kind of up there fighting Roa. It's going to move forward and kind of attempt to attack her. So give me a defense at minus 5, Roa. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's going to hit. Holy shit, I succeed with a 2 out of 2. Yeah. Ha! You just kind of nimbly dodge as this thing comes kind of claws at you, like just barely rushing at you. Last but not least, we have Abomination 4, which is going to kind of make its way up towards... It's got to kind of keep running. It's making its way towards Stout. It's going to have to go a little bit further. But, Gorin, you're up. You're on the ground. Give me a quick test. Success. Three out of five. All right, so you managed to kind of... If you, you're you going to stand up, you're going to fight from the ground. This thing is standing over me? Yeah, but standing being on the ground is bad. Just trust me on that one. All right, I'll get up then. Yeah. You're going to stand up, so the quick lets you kind of jump back up as your movement action, which is great. Um, you're going to try and fight this, and you're going to try and disengage. What's the plan? Can I do, like, a close combat crossbow shot? Yeah, I'll say you can. Okay, I'm just going to try to put one right in its face. Yep. And remember, it's plus nine. That's a hit, and then I'm going to roll another d4. Three points of elemental damage. Cool. Yeah, so I'm counting that as kind of one. Does the text say it's additional, or is it like it does the damage, then it does it afterwards? I mean, I've been counting that as just its one total shot, right? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. I think it's all bundled. Yeah, makes sense to me. All right, so that thing takes three damage at that point. Yeah, it's things are starting to take damage at this point. They're kind of script. Yeah, things run happy. Stout, it's your turn. Um, okay. Hey, you've got the big one. You've just kind of... Oh, sorry. First, give me a defense check. Okay. Oh, is this for the blood on my... Yep. Nice. Yeah, it's... not in a, No damage from that, so what do you want to do? 
got the big one that's kind of coming towards the party. You've got the three ones that are around the room that have taken some damage, but they're still coming at you, and they hit. What you gonna do? I'm gonna go for the small one that attacked me. Alright. That's coming for you. Uh, 15 out of 24 hit. For right. 21 total damage, 5 of which is Witch Hammer. Nice. Yeah, that's still enough to just kind of bust that thing wide open as well. So you're down to these two that are in the room with you at this point. Again, kind of more of the stuff splashes onto you. Which isn't great, but isn't terrible. Skutsumer, you're up. Alright, I want to fire my bow. Oh, uh, uh, vigilant test for the curse? Uh, resolute. Resolute, sorry. Uh, yeah, to maintain it. No modifier? No modifier, just a resolute test. 11 out of 13. Cool. Big boy's still cursed. Okay. Um, we're going to go ahead then and hit it with my bow. At a plus one, was it? Yep. Uh, 10 out of 15 success, four damage, and then do you want me to... It just thuds into its body, doesn't do any damage. You're, but you're, um, your fancy arrows ignore damage, right? Or ignore armor? No, it just says it hits automatically. I don't oh, know if that's enough. the same thing. Yeah, so I'll throw this out there. You can't hit this thing hard enough in its current state to do damage to it. I redirect an arrow to one of the the, the free arrow to one of the things, one All of right. the abominations. Sounds good. So roll the two. All right, so it kind of hits hard in one of the abominations. It's Again, thick armor on those things, so it kind of thuds into it. it, kind of reacts to the hit, though, unlike the other ones, just kind of ignored it. Alright, so now the kind of the big, the the figure wearing the crown is now close enough to you want to kind of, it sees Stout that's killed two of these things, it's got kind of slammed down with a kind of a big fist, it's got kind of to take a swing at him. Alright, so give me a defense roll at plus three, Stout. Plus three. Yep. Six out of 16, enemy missed. Yeah, so it it goes clear, but you kind of just feel the wind and the force this thing was swing at you. It making contact would probably be a not great thing to have happen. Roa, you're up. Was that plus three because he's just, like, punching slow? He's big, yeah. It's, it's His accurate's a seven. I, I guess I kind of go down the rules. His accurate's a seven, so you get a plus three. Okay. I am actually going to pull back. That ri- that runs the risk of giving the thing a free attack on you. There's no like disengage move. No, you can you can roll a quick to avoid it kind of thing, or you can press your defense to maybe get you out of it. But ugh, never mind then. Then um, I'm actually not going to attack. Okay. I am actually going to. Cast a spell. What are you going to do? I'm going to gather up loose objects from the table. Uh, well, basically, I mind throwing loose objects from the table All right. uh, to start surrounding me like a shield. All right. So that's got to be a 1d4 for the corruption. Yep. I first have to roll a resolve to see if I can cast it. Well, you, ta- you take the corruption no matter what. Yeah. Right. Um, so I got an 8 out of 15, so I succeeded, and I got 
Three temporary corruption. I need to stop casting spells. Or my temporary is going to become permanent. You can take some permanent. Like, it's not the end of the world if that happens. So, what does your... What does your kind of shield do that you've summoned up on yourself? Well, okay, so with mine, um, uh, the ritual is called. It was a ritual, or was a um? It's a magical power. Sorry. Okay. Uh, it's a mystic power, and it's called mind throw. Now it has two uses. Once I've cast it, it basically I gather up objects that are now floating about me. I can throw them and do damage with them, or I can utilize them to basically be a shield. All right, so what's the and shield do? Because I'm guessing like, you're using it. Uh, <laughs> it basically gives me extra armor. All I right. get to roll on top of my armor. I get to roll a d6 to negate even more damage. All right, cool. Yes, yeah, so you're going to need that because this thing's going to kind of see you doing all this. And its activation is going to kind of lunge at you with its claws again. So give me a defense roll at minus five. Yeah. So... This is my normal defense at minus five. It hurts so much. Uh, so I failed with an 18 out of two. All right, so that brings the damage down to seven, though, because you negated two. I negated two with my regular armor, and then with my objects flying around me. Yeah. I negated another two, so a total of uh, four. All right, so you take three damage from this thing's claws just tearing at you. Okay, that is way better. That's exactly what I needed. All right. Excellent. All right, other abomination. You're kind of, uh, Goran stood up, but he's got kind of, it sees Stout as a bigger problem. He's got kind of tear at Stout, just hungrily going across the room. As a result of this, Goran, you get a free attack on it. Crossbow. All right, let's see that damage. Attack hit. 4 out of 23. Damage uh, was 12 plus an extra d4 of 2, so 14. Yeah, so that thing, so that arrow hits just like through its body, kind of just like it punctures all the way through, and like flames are helping it some, but it manages to finally go down. This thing's taking a lot of arrows. It's, yeah, so it's now just the one kind of abomination and the larger thing left in the room with you. Gorn, you get a turn now. All right. Um, so I have an ability I'd like to use. It's an active type ability, so that means it's my whole turn or just half of my turn. Uh, what's the act? It's active means you just have to use it. So it's in, uh, what's the active ability? Um, leader. I want to designate a focus target. Does it say if it's a movement or if it's a um, kind of a your your action for lack of a better phrase? Um, well, it says so. After the description, it says changing the target requires a new active action from the leader. So I'm assuming that means it's like an action. Does it say if it's a free action there on there or no? Doesn't really say. I'm not seeing that. Oh yeah, that's, that's your action. Yeah, that that takes your ability to attack kind of thing. Okay. I'd, yep. Yeah, I'd still like to do that. All right. Makes sense. That's your. So I'm going to des- designate the uh, the big villain to be right. our shared target and it means any any of us who do attack it um, inflict an additional 1d4 damage with each Makes hit. a lot of sense given how tanky that thing is. Yeah. 
So my understanding is that we don't all have to attack it, but if we do, we get... Yeah. Yeah. All right, Stout, you're up. Okay. I'm going to go for the big guy. All right, you're going to make an attack on it? Yes, sir. All right. You get a plus one to your attack. Okay. Plus D4. Yep. That'll be 24 total. All right. I'm getting a lot of good rolls this combat. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So it definitely felt that. It's not down just yet, but it's like it's scream. Let's say from its kind of weird head, it lets out just a horrible scream that echoes around the space. And it's. Yeah, no, it's pissed and horrible. But you do with that giant ass hit bust through its pain thresholds. Do you want to do more damage or do you want to uh, knock it down? We're going to put him on the ground. All right. You knock that thing to the ground. It kind of like it falls to a knee and just kind of it looks like it doesn't have eyes or doesn't have expression, but you can feel it just radiating kind of hatred at you. Skutsmer, you're up. Was that one of the abominations or the big guy that you just took down? the big guy. Big guy? Are all the abominations squished? No, there's one more abomination in the room. Okay. Um, I'm going to target it. Alright. Oh, I gotta do a vigilant roll, don't I? Uh, Resolute, yep. 13 out of 13 success. Yeah, you maintain that you maintain that curse? I do. Alright, so you're attacking the abomination, so you get plus 9 on your attack. Yeah, as soon as I get there, we go. All right, so plus nine. So I mean, at that point, like, I mean, I'm going to hit. Oh, but I only did one damage. Okay. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna go ahead and hit it with my arrow. I should have one or two of them left. I know I haven't used five. Yeah. I think I have two left. But I will double check that in a second. Five damage from the arrow. Nice. Alright, so that takes, like, again, these things have this thick hide going on, so it thuds into it, and it does get through some, but not as much as maybe you want it to, and kind of it looks at you and just kind of, like, from its misshapen head, just kind of lets out a snarl, a feral of sorts. Alright, so the big guy's gonna kind of, like, winded for a second or so. It's kind of standing there, knee on the ground kind of thing, like it strains, like it's kind of stand back up, but it's slow and kind of archaic and slow to move, which means it's now Roa's turn. All right, Roa, you've just seen this thing take a hit. It's take it's coming at you, for better or worse. Or worse, definitely for worse. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to stab it again. All right. We have plus nine attack. Well, 12 out of 24 uh, this time. Wow, I did max damage on both uh, for a 14 total of damage. Ten for the spear, four for the flames. Yeah, so your spear just goes... Through it with a kind of mighty stab, it just kind of it finally just kind of crumples to the ground, and the only thing left in the room with you now is the large guy, the head crowned, if you will. Yeah, triumph! Take that, Goran. You're up. I'm going to shoot it with the crossbow. I'm going to kind of deliberately aim. All right, so you're going to do an extra one d4 of damage, but you don't get the plus two on it. Okay. No, I'm hoping to aim for the crown. 
that's a thing. Okay. That's it's normally plus one, right? Yeah, so you get a plus three. No, you just get plus one. Yeah, sorry, you don't. It's a uh, melee attack. Okay, I got a one out of fifteen, which is a critical damage for twelve plus five. But I also got the what? The plus three, four. Yeah, one d four. That's more than enough. Like that's okay. Uh, yeah. And I sure also had that. the 1d4 from the leader thing. Yep. Let's see how big that damage was you got. So it's... What'd you get from the 1d4 for the oh. leadership thing? For a total of 10 damage from one... Sh- that should be more... Yeah. For a total of 10 damage after the reduction. Yeah, so that the arrow thuds into this thing and it finally kind of succumbs to its once-was mortality. It just kind of slumps to the ground hard and as it kind of like it collapses that's the the crown kind of detaches from the skull and kind of rattles across the floor into the into the into the treasure pile and now that you're looking at this thing and it's not trying to attack you you're realizing what was going on like it's it truly is like by this thing probably was at one point a normal human like the the head of this thing is misshapen and kind of almost like it was grown rapidly into the skull of sorts like it, it truly did it put this thing on and then it got bigger and it kind of it became one with crown. But like it was not born to it, it was not made the crown was not made for it. Like putting this thing on it was it caused a fundamental change to this thing. That just horribly disfigured it into the it, it could not take the crown off when it was when it was more traditionally alive. Well Gorin's probably gonna vomit a little blood or something. He is hurting. Yeah. Yeah, no, so you're out of combat, your corruption does not go away just yet, because we're not done with the scene, but yeah, you are, as best you can tell, alone in this space, once again. Uh, I would not put that crown on. I'm just saying. Like, that look, that, that's bad mojo. I could get even bigger, though. No. Don't do it.